0: And we're black. I mean, we're back. It's your good friend A.A. Ron. Coming at you with another recording of to the Bible. We're in Ecclesiastes chapter (sighs) 3. Reading on the message, the message version. It's really cool just finding this hard copy of... (laughs) My dad's Bible, I get excited about Bibles, like actual hard copies of Bibles in different versions. Like, I geek out on Bible stuff. And my dad left some Christian books too, I'm going to check out, but I'm more excited about this message Bible he left behind. This is like, this is dope. And looks like he barely used it, if at all. He had his other Bible that he had. Um Anyway, what's gonna say? It's just crazy. My brother and I were planning for my pop's retirement and Yeah. We talked about getting him like a Ford Bronco or a Ford Escape, saving up our money and somehow getting him something like that. And my puzzle wouldn't wouldn't have even cared, like for real. I know he would have enjoyed the ride, but I don't know. He he was very frugal, very frugal man, like. I'll ask him if what I you know, there's something he liked will like for his birthday or, you know, Christmas or Father's Day and We got him a keyboard one time and we put our pulled our money together to get him a nice keyboard because he used to play the piano. He used to take lessons and everything. And uh I mean yeah, when we were kids he was taking lessons, piano lessons and figure he might want to pick that up, you know, as he approached retirement. Nope. We bought him that keyboard. My dad never touched that thing. Not one time. I don't think he ever played it. Not one time. It just sat over here on the wall, and then I ended up putting it in my room after like a couple a year of it just sitting over here on the wall. I was like, Paul, you gonna play this keyboard?" He's like, "No, nah, nope, no thanks, son. I, I'm, I apologize. You know, your dad. I have no desire to learn anything. I, my dad was." We had these conversations as well. I've told a few people this. My dad, basically, he was ready to go. Like, he actually told me that that he didn't feel like he had anything else to live for. That um, he had pretty much accomplished everything he needed to do, like, as far as being a father and a husband and uh, raising us. And he had really nothing else to live for. Even though he had grandkids... Like, it's what's sad is, that the, that's the hardest part of this, is he didn't really, because of both my brother and our situations with our baby mamas, that I don't really get into, and us, yeah, he didn't really have that attachment to his, his grandchildren, so I sometimes wonder if they if when people stop losing the will to live, Or don't have a reason to live anymore then that's what causes them to deteriorate a lot faster and so sometimes i wonder yeah if my if i was still married you know or at least was seeing the kids every other weekend or whatever and they had a chance to see their grandpa more thank god they got a chance my kids got a chance to see their grandpa Uh, when we went to main event a couple of months ago, speaking of that, I need to send that picture to mom. There's a whole collection of pictures I've been sending over. Um, anyway, as soon as this recording is over, I need to do that. Y'all remind me to do that. Okay. Anyway, here we go. I've been trying to make this recording less than 30 minutes. We are in Ecclesiastes chapter three, read on the message Bible it's, Almost 7 o'clock on the dot. We're not in our drop top, cruising any streets. With no pretty ladies sitting right next to, uh, to us. All right, we are, uh, yeah, it's May 25th, 2022. All right, here we go. There is an opportune, let's see, the heading is actually, there's a right time for everything. It actually says everything, but I like to say er Everything. Mm-mm. That's the name of Bomani Jones' podcast, The Right Time. There's an opportune time to do things, the right time for everything. On, Nah, boys, <clears throat> no, don't be doing that. Don't be doing that. <clears throat> My bad. Hold on a second. I'll get some water. <clears throat> <clears throat> let me clear my throat (laughs) throat) there's a right time for everything there's an opportune time to do things a right time for everything on the earth a right time for birth and another for death a right time to plant and another to reap this is wild because my mom When she wrote that letter she wrote me, my mom wrote me this letter, like, basically setting me straight. So I guess I I was trying to act grown. I must have been yeah, like a freshman in college or something like that or a senior in high school. One of the two. I think I was a freshman in college. Somewhere around there. The letter wasn't dated as far as I know. Anyway, my mom, I should read that letter. Can I access my WhatsApp on here? Nah, we ain't gonna read it right now. Maybe read it on the on another recording. But my mom was going in on me. (laughs) She was setting me straight. Oh man, I didn't realize how rebellious of a teenager I was at times. I mean, I was a good kid, a good teenager, but I had my rebellious streaks. Um, where you just test the limits, you know. Uh, you trying to act like a, a man, trying to become a man, and uh. <clears throat> my goodness, or be independent, you know, <clears throat> not answer to anyone, but she always got to answer to somebody, especially God. What was I trying to say? But anyway, what I was trying to say is at the end of that letter, she quoted Ecclesiastes, this whole A Time for Everything. I think this is the part she quoted. So everything's coming full circle in this moment as I read this a right time for birth and another for death a right time to plant and another to reap a right time to kill and another to heal a right time to destroy and another to construct a right time to cry and another to laugh a right time to lament and another to cheer a right time to make love and another to abstain a right time to embrace and another and another to part a right time to search and another to count your losses a right time to hold on and another to let go. Hmm, that's the hardest one, letting go. A right time to rip out and another to mend. Yeah, the last two relationships I was in, that was, those are especially Steffi Curry. That one was hard to let go. Like, But something in my gut was like, I don't know, it's weird. I can't even describe it. You have these like moments, crossroads with destiny, I feel like, where you you can go these different directions in life and you either I don't know that's hard to describe you can either go left go right or turn around (laughs) but you gotta go somewhere A right time to hold on and another to let go. A right time to rip out, another to mend. A right time to shut up and another to speak up. A right time to love and another to hate. A right time to wait for and another to make peace. But in the end, does it really make a difference what anyone does? I've had a good look at what God has given us to do. Busy work, mostly. True. God made everything beautiful in itself and it, it in its time. And in its time. Well, he's left us in the dark, so we can never know what God is up to, whether he's coming or going. I've decided that there's nothing better to do than go ahead and have a good time and get the most we can get out of life. That's it. Eat, drink, and make the most of your job. It's God's gift. That's where people say, get the phrase, eat, drink, and be merry. Let me see what it says in the CSV, verse 13. (laughs) Hmm. It is also the gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. Hmm. Interesting. Verse 14 I've also concluded that whatever God does, that's the way it's going to be. Always. No addition, no subtraction. God's done it and that's it. That's so we'll quit asking questions and simply worship in holy fear. What does it say? Of the CSV It says, I know that everything God does will last forever. There's no adding to it or taking from it. God works so that people will be in awe of him. Hmm, God works so that people will be in awe of him. Whatever is has already been and whatever will be already is. However, God seeks justice for the persecuted. Hmm. Verse 15, whatever was, is, whatever will be, is. That's how it always is with God. That's the message. All right, back to the, we're continuing on with the message. God's testing us. I took another good look at what's going on, the very place of judgment, corrupt, the place of righteousness, corrupt. I said to myself, God will judge the righteous and wicked. There's a right time for everything, every deed, every deed, and there's no getting around it. I said to myself regarding the human race, God's testing the lot of testing, the lot of us showing us up as nothing but animals, humans and animals come to the same end. Humans die. Animals die. We all breathe the same air. So there's really no advantage in being human. None. Everything's smoke. We all end up in the same place. We all came from the dust. We all end up as dust. Nobody knows for sure that the human spirit rises to heaven or that the animal spirit sinks into the earth. So I made up my mind that there's nothing better for us men and women than to have a good time in whatever we do. That's our lot. Who knows if there's anything else to life? What does it say in the last few verses, a couple verses here? In the CSV, it says, Who knows that the spirits of the children of Adam go downward to the earth? I've seen that there is nothing better than for a person to enjoy his activities because that is his reward. For who can enable him to see what will happen after he dies? That's one of the crazy things about life and death. It's like we our hope our hope is that for those of us Christians, our hope is that by putting our trust and faith in Jesus Christ we'll spend eternity with him or technically our souls are already in eternity with him because to him there is no time. So we are seated at the right hand of the Father, and um, it's wild to think about. Like, even before we accepted Him, He accepted us and chose us to be children of God in His. And I don't fully understand it because people, a lot of people, were like, "We're all God's children." It's like. Not necessarily. You have to actually accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to be a child of God, but that's a conversation from when we get into the New Testament. One of my what I'm ultimately saying and saying though, is in eternity, us Christians, us believers, we already believe that we're seated at the right hand of the Father. We're, um, yeah. We're already in heaven, even though our, our physical bodies are having an earthly experience right now, but our souls are already in heaven and our soul and our spirit are in heaven. So. Our hope in our in our trust is in that. And but for the unbeliever that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there is no security. There's nothing but uncertainty and when on where they will spend eternity, you know? But we have the certainty, not just where we're gonna spend eternity, but who we're gonna spend it with. Because a lot of people, you know, it's easy to say, oh yeah, they're rest in heaven, rest you know, rest in peace, they're in with heaven in heaven. And it's like, heaven is not really the true destination for a Christian that we get excited about. Jesus, is the destination he is the reason we look forward to life after death and the only hope the only joy that we have so all right and just like it says john and john uh 14 yeah john fourteen six. it's on my bracelet i cheated that No man, I think it's on the way of the truth in life. No one comes to the father except through me. Like you can't even have a relationship with God without Jesus Christ. And that's what separates being a Christian from any other theological belief system on this, in this universe. The great separator. Let me just double check. That is John 14, six, right? Ah oh, dearest Father, closest friend, most beautiful. Yeah, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also, and from henceforth ye you know him and have seen him. Anyway, I can't I'm so looking forward to reading the New Testament. It's gonna be dope. All right. Tony Evans notes, flip, flip, flip. We got our clothes in the washer. I don't hear them making any noise though. I just realized that. Let me just double check and make sure these clothes are washing. It's real quiet in here. Oh, it's cause I got the door closed. Yeah, we got the long cycle going, got 42 minutes left. Might as well take these dishes into the other room. (coughs) The other room. The other room. (coughs) Got a little cooking pan. Almost done, I promise. I'm gonna read these Tony Evans notes in just a minute. There were some dishes that I had in my room that were in a plastic bin. I'm trying to hold these with one hand without dropping them. I need to wash them. It's a couple bowls and a mug and a little saucer plate. Back to the word, back to the word, back to the word. Uh, That'll be a good podcast title. Back to the word. I'm sure it's already been taken. All right. Uh, All right. Tony Evans notes. Life can become miserably predictable. The same old you wearing the same old clothes, driving the same old car, working the same old job, eating the same old food. Dang, Tony. He's... he's Get right to it, huh? Returning to the same old house, watching the same old shows, and climbing into the same old bed day in and day out gets old. That frustration with routine reflects Solomon's mood here. He's not merely saying there's a time for everything, including life's joys and sorrows. He's saying we're trapped like hamsters running on a wheel. Our legs do a lot of running, but they finish right where we started. I think a lot about just our society and (laughs) how they get we get so excited about these they try like the world tries to get us so excited about stuff that's like doesn't even matter like think about it i think about this a lot the fact that why would people be willing to pay why would these billionaire owners of teams be willing to pay another human being, millions of dollars just to play a child's sport, like basketball, baseball, soccer. These guys get paid, especially baseball, they get paid millions of dollars, right, to play a, especially baseball, a game that is very boring. Fun to play, but very boring to watch. And on top of this, people are willing to pay money to go And take time out of their day to go sit and watch these people play a game that's very boring and is very repetitive. And there's 162 of these games every single year. Even this year, the NBA playoffs, I thought I was going to be excited about them. But ever since Kobe retired, my NBA is not the same to me. I'm not a big LeBron fan. There's no real players that I'm excited about, for real. Um... I don't know, like even sports, I, like I check in to see the scores just to kind of know what's going on. But what I'm ultimately saying is like, like, you think about you look about all these different cities and on if you go to like the nightlife or the entertainment district for major cities, all like they mostly just have a bunch of bars. It says bars and restaurants, food and beer, food, beer, sports. TVs like entertainment like music but it's very repetitive and very like there's none of it if you really think about it and take time you had to really think about it nothing in this world is that exciting I mean there's some cool stuff you can do like go hiking but even that after a while you're like woohoo you know that was cool. We just paid all this money to buy all this gear and we only hiked like a few times and we got eaten by mosquitoes and I don't know. he call me a buzzkill. but the older I get, the more I'm like nothing really gets me that excited. You know, it would be cool to travel to Brazil, but I'm like what does Brazil have other than a lot of beautiful women that uh, haven't Heaven won't have, <laughs> and beautiful scenery, things to look at. Anyway, they'll be beautiful, even way a billion times more beautiful than heaven. So, what excites me is what I'm doing right now, spending time in God's word, reading it. Spending it, when I spend time in worship, like especially when I get in the shower, that's my sanctuary. I like to, really praise the Lord and. As songs and melodies come to my head, worship songs I've heard my dad sing or just songs over the years, I start singing them and just enjoy God's presence. That's true pleasure. That's true joy that never gets old. Solomon, yeah, I keep saying that the cool thing about the Bible and just having a relationship with the Lord but Jesus Christ is like it's simple enough for a child to understand, but complicated enough or complex enough for you to never get bored with the Lord. I just have this viewpoint in eternity, He's God is just gonna be showing out constantly and we're just gonna be blown away. We just just think about a waterfall. Have you ever, like, sat and just watched a nat- not nature, like, waterfall or the trees or just sat in a park and just enjoyed or sat by a lake and just looked at the animals do their thing and the trees sing and sway back and forth? It's just, that's only a glimpse of what eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ is going to be like. He's going to be filled with splendor and awe and majesty Ah, <sighs> it's going to be an awesome sight. But, uh yeah, that yeah, was the word today, actually. It talked about, like, no one can, the disciples were asking, like, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And Jesus said, you won't even be able to see the kingdom unless you become, like, a child. And if you've ever seen a child, it's funny, there's this young, young lady named Ava, not my daughter, but this young lady named Ava that goes to the church with my stepdad Uh, Used to be a member of Well he's still technically a member Uh, He just doesn't live in this this city anymore But he was preaching there this past Sunday And there's a young lady named Ava I think Ava has to be probably Five maybe I don't know She's young And she's very curious And it's cool to just see the mind of a child Thank God my brother had his art supplies So he busted out his uh, sketchbook And had some crayons And um, other art materials for her to color and draw with and after a while she got kind of bored with that and she was there were some mics on the pew in front of us and she was looking at the mics. she was debating whether or not to grab one and start her singing career in front of the church I was tempted to just give her one and just let her go but that would have distracted everybody uh and yeah she was playing with my bible and she took my pen and jacked my pen and was using that and she was playing with the offering envelopes, and yeah, it's not very easy keeping a child entertained. My brother even had to give him her his phone for a minute, and that could have, yeah, we we're just joking. Got to be careful with that when you give a child your phone, because, you know, with them going into stuff, Um, they shouldn't. But anyway, my main point is children have this curiosity and wonder, like, think about when you were a child, and how the world seems so big i was talking to that talking about that to somebody else i'm just philosophizing for a second so y'all bear with me but like when you're a kid like have you ever gone back to your old elementary school and when you're a kid that place seems so big and vast and then you go there as an adult you're like man this place is tiny you almost feel like a giant inside that place The chairs are small. The desks are short. uh, The ceilings feel a little bit shorter. The gym doesn't look nearly as big as it did when you were a kid. And, um... Anyway. It's also crazy. I was thinking today just how as we get older, we start acting like kids. Uh, Our bodies return to a feeble state like a baby where we have to have other people take care of us. So, um... My main point is childlike wonder, curiosity, amazement. Kids get fascinated by this most simple thing. This is why a kid can play with a cardboard box more than an actual toy that has all kind of noises and, yeah, anyway. If you want to see, even see the kingdom of God here while you're on earth, you you have to develop have to learn to have a childlike curiosity again about the lord and see things the way he sees them and be in awe of who he is and what he's doing and what he's done so i encourage you to do that all right i'm dead philosophizing see i was trying to keep this under 30 minutes but it's not i'm not being successful Solomon's is saying that God has created time in such a way that it cannot bring fulfillment. Rather, it reveals vac- a vacuum in the human heart that can only be filled by the transcendent, by the transcendent, by him. Humanity is intention. We live in the routine of time, but our hearts are designed to long for something eternal. Let's say that one more time. We live in the routine of time. But our hearts are designed to long for something eternal. Appropriate pleasures are a gift of God. Enjoy them. Just don't expect to discover ultimate meaning in these things. God has intentionally created dissatisfaction in life to drive us to him. I honestly think that's what I'm going to do today. I was going to do some uber today, but instead I'm going to... Like, what I'll do is after this recording, I'm going to do a little bit of cleaning. And then I'm going to do another recording of Chew the Bible. And then I'm going to do some more cleaning. I'm just going to, like, do these little spurts of projects. Um, Like, I need to take out this trash over here. And, like I said, take up these uh this food to the little free pantry at my church some food i need to take up there but yeah today's just going to be a chew the bible marathon hmm, who's going to be our sponsor today sponsor today i'm going to come up with a goofy sponsor Today's recording of Chew the Bible is brought to you by Always Save, Whole Kernel Corn. (laughs) Oh, man, no. That's what I see over there on the table. I'm looking at a can of kernel corn. i got to come up with a better sponsorship. If you would like to sponsor a recording of Chew the Bible, hit hit me up at chewthebible at gmail.com. I won't charge you, I promise, but I will plug your business for free. I don't have a whole lot of listeners, but I got a good amount of listeners that consistently listen. So from all over the world. So you never know. You never know. All you need is one. (sighs) Let's keep finishing these Tony Evans notes. Indeed, Miss. see here what did it say? Appropriate pleasures are a gift of God. Enjoy them. Just don't expect to discover ultimate meaning in these things. God intentionally created dissatisfaction in life to drive us to him. I just read that. Indeed, miscarriages of justice are frequent in the world. The wicked prosper, the righteous suffer. As a result, life seems unfair. Nevertheless, God will see that justice is done yeah I saw that video by uh Steve Kerr talking about this whole shooting down in Texas, and how our um, senators could really they could there's a been a law um a bill on the books for a while or that is just sitting on their desk related to uh background checks requiring that people get background checks to be able to purchase guns, making it a requirement in all 50 states, I believe, of federal law. Anyway, it's been sitting on, on, they've tabled it for a long time and they haven't voted on it to pass it and make it a law. I don't know. I barely keep up with anything political these days. I I I probably should pay more attention, but I don't know. I have this viewpoint that Prayer is way more powerful than, po- than politics. That's a bar. Uh if we just return to praying more and put prayer back in our schools and and yeah, we actually kids are allowed to read the Bible in school. We actually made it mandatory reading to teach them the creation rather than all this goobity gobbity stuff about us coming from amoebas or whatever they try to teach these kids the Big Bang theory. Then, yeah, maybe these kids, not maybe, they would be different. <laughs> um, kids spend more time in school than they do at their own homes a lot of times. So the schoolhouse has a greater, one of the greatest impacts on our society. So on the molding of a child. And so we're seeing the fruit. We're honestly seeing the fruits. We're seeing the fruits of... We're seeing the fruits of our poor choices of a nation to basically remove God from all aspects of society. Call me old school, but it's, it's, my, it's, my, it's my personal opinion. You can take that one up with God. Solomon encourages the responsible enjoyment of the life God has granted. Solomon encourages the responsible enjoyment of the life God has granted. (laughs) It's funny. I should come up with a slogan. Because you know how with alcohol they say drink responsibly? I should have a shirt that just says live. Live or think responsibly. I would uh, run with drink. Think responsibly. versus drink i'm sorry i feel like there's no way to drink responsibility responsibly i rarely have seen people who drink responsibly every person i know that drinks that has drink drank they don't drink very responsibly responsibly they do some dumb stuff when they drink rarely have i seen somebody make wise choices while drinking I know from firsthand experience. Anyway, Lord, thank you for this word. Pray that as I go and clean up the rest of this junk, or not junk, well, some of it is junk. As I go through the rest of this stuff, Lord, uh, give me the strength. It's not just the strength, the strength to clean and not get too emotional and uh, I'm going to crank on some worship music and just praise you and thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' mighty precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all, I'll be back. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans six twenty three says, for the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, but God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts, we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths, we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray a man